This is Logic Over Everything. We made it here so you can make it through. All right, fellas. Let's do what we got to do on the cast. I got Infinite with me. Infinite, what's up? How you doing, brother? Good, bro. Good, good. How are you? I'm great, man. We got a special guest in the building. The Phineas Gage. Oh, yeah, Phineas <laughs> yeah, Gage. Jeez, Logo legend. Legend. Logo legend. Legend. Yeah, uh, man. What up? What up? It's good, man. Bro, um, bro. I just want to begin it with, with context because, you know, uh, for the folks out there that don't know, uh, this man Gage uh, inspired me when I when I was a aspiring rapper. Uh, Jesus, uh, through my through my cousin Edward, I would know Gage. Uh, shout yeah. out Edward Gillian, Eddie Gusto. Yeah, um, no doubt. But man, talk, talk to Eddie not that long ago. Yo, when I say when I say inspire, I mean, I, man, there was nobody that 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 could that could rap better than you, in my opinion. Um, oh man, I appreciate I'm telling it. you. I'm telling That's you, you gave me you gave me a chance to uh to get on the track with you. It was called uh Nightfall. I, I Nightfall. That. Yeah. You kicked my ass on that joint. You kicked my ass on Nightfall. that joint. I was more, like, hey bro, I remember that joint. Oh you <laughs> Oh yeah. But more importantly, man, that CD that y'all first came out with, the E Nation CD, uh, you know, and Infinite, uh, I know you you yo, when I tell you we bump that shit every day on the way to school, like Y'all, y'all have made it already. Counterclockwise, we moving backwards. Woo. All that. <laughs> oh yeah, you bringing up the oldies, but yeah, goodies. <laughs> yeah, you was like, you was like Wu Tang for us. You was like, yeah, all exactly. Wu Tang shit. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah hey, I listen, just, I, I appreciate wanted, that, man. I just wanted to take some time out and, and, and give you that, man, because if I didn't get that out there in the space, I, 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 I feel bad about it, man. Definitely. I, I appreciate that, man. I'm gonna have to touch. I'm gonna have to touch base with you because some some people been trying to been trying to tap me on the shoulder to put together Yo, like an actual on, documentary. Man. Like we they want that. me to put a we documentary together and put some new music together. I'm like, all right, man. I'm gonna have to talk that. to some people. So we need all, all that. that. We need that, man. Uh, you know, now that I got through through the past, man, I I want to just get your current. Uh, you know, I see you on this loading snacks. Um, yeah, I want you to tell, talk to us about that a little bit uh, and what you do there. And I and I know you've been to every single con I've seen, like you know, Comic Con, <laughs> Awesome Con, like you all the way. Uh, but yeah. yeah, tell me tell me how Loading Snacks got started. Man, um, funny enough, Loading Snacks got started because me and another an- another crew crew member from Loading Snacks, um, shout out to K. Um, who was a producer and and crazy videographer and and photographer? Um, we started a a, a, po- a music podcast mm. called Fresh Graffiti, and kind of mm. out of that, you know, just the fact that like, I mean, you know, in London for probably as long as you know forever. So uh, me and Lo would get together, we'd be playing on Xbox Live and so forth, and just kind of the <laughs> idea of taking the kind of conversations that we would have, and we were just kind of kicking it, playing games, and and bringing that to something that was um, available to every for everybody to hear is kind of where the idea started. But, um, you know, Kay kind of took it to another level. Level We asked him to shoot it, and he came with an intro and music and whatever. I was like, oh, so we're not just like, we're doing a show. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it turned into a show. And, um, you know, the idea behind Loading Snacks came from, it was kind of like an inside joke between us because we would play games so often that we would talk about what snacks we eating when we, you know, when we playing games. Um, and, and, and if you was eating something that would, that would, you know, get, you know, mess your controllers up, um, you know, that was, that was not a loading snack. 
You know what I'm saying? So like Doritos <laughs> don't count as a loading snack because they'll destroy your controller, right? Okay. All right. You know, mm. um, so that's where the name came from. Okay. And really the idea of it being a video game thing just kind of spread because we just into some of everything. You know what I mean? We love games, we love comics, you know, we love movies and TV and all that kind of stuff. So really right. it just kind of started yeah. to turn into something where we were like, well, we just gonna talk about all the stuff that we love and all the same kind of stuff we would talk about when we just got together and talk, you know, anyway. And so um, you know, we do a live show um, every week on, on usually on it's usually on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Wednesdays it just depends on how the schedule rolls. We do a live show that airs on um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, and on YouTube all at the same time. Um, we have you know a live chat. Our chat is really they they're all into it. You know what I mean? And they 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 give us life. So you know we managed to get it to a point where we started going to conventions and doing interviews with people. We happen yeah. to know a bunch of artists and, and people who managed to work their way into the industry that came up with us, like folks who even went to Largo, who now are doing animation and comic book work and wow. stuff like that. Um, and, and, and so through a lot of those connections, we made some more connections and just kind of continue to build the network until we got to a point where, um, you know, we started putting in requests for press badges and, and requests to do panels and um, I started doing hosting panels for other people and stuff like that. And it just kind of grew, man. So we do that once a week. We build other content. We have a wrestling chat. We have an anime chat. Um, we have a chat on, on, on Facebook called MCU chat, um, which is like, it's probably our biggest thing. It's probably got more people in it than anything else. And that yeah. chat is every time a new Marvel movie comes out or they do a new show, we always create. A, a, a chain there where people can go a spoiler section so anybody who's seen the movie yeah. and they just need to talk about it and get it out of their system they have a place where they can go where they can safely talk about it without ruining it for other people um and so that just kind of turned into its own thing man and so now we're doing a new joint we got a joint called spoiler boys that we do okay. that's kind of like our <laughs> spoiler boys is almost like our our, our wrestling personas like like you know like like we would like like we would pin you to the mat and then and then whisper the end of a movie or something in your ear something like we just like, I, don't, I don't know dog but we we the spoiler boys so yeah we you okay. know we talk about all kinds of movies and stuff like that Mo a lot of MCU stuff we just just uh doing a joint for the Batman and you know just kind of doing some of everything man any and everything that that we deem geek which for us is anything that you're really heavily into. So we do talk about music sometimes. Again, we talk about games and, and comics and you know anything that interests us. Um, and we just found out there's a lot of other people out there like us. So we just keep doing it. A absolutely. You know, when you first started, and look, I gotta go deep here. So you can you can you can plead the fifth on this, but I gotta I gotta have okay. the secret. You gotta unveil okay. this to me, you know. Okay. Um when you first started this loading snacks thing, I definitely remember you guys all being in the same place, right? Mm -hmm. And the video camera would be on you, but in the background were some classic video games. Like, oh yeah. Some, oh yeah. Where were you? What arcade were you at? What? Oh, hey, you know, be crazy? Closet, though. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. That joint was straight green screen. Oh, what? So, <laughs> what? Yeah, that joint was straight green screen. That's not, yeah, that's not a real, <laughs> I mean, it's an actual arcade, yeah. but it's green screen. We, right. we, shot, we shot that in the same room I'm sitting in now. Like, that joint was like... Yo, I, oh, my God. I oh, swore he was at Bellway Plaza, dog. I swore <laughs> he was at Bellway Plaza. Nah, you know what? There was a... So, out on... I think it was U Street. Yeah. They had a, a few years back. Like, back when we saw... This was like seven years or so ago. Seven, almost eight years ago. 
um, yeah. there was a barcade. Like that has started to kind of become a thing where they were they were putting together bars and arcades and that was starting to become a thing. And so um, again, our producer Kay had, because he would always be out there and he was you know shooting a lot of stuff for different people and things like that, he, um, he had built a relationship with the owner. And we were actually trying to work out being able to go there and shoot the shows live there. And right. timing was just never mm. quite working out. So he shot some 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 video mm. um, of of the barcade and ran that in the background on green screen. He did Man, that was genius. Because I, I sure enough thought y'all could just turn around and play those at any moment. Nah, like, so right. nah not even. But you know what I think kind of helped some of that is that the idea behind doing that, doing doing the show when we was doing it then, and. Um, and I, I was doing a joint called, uh, you know, in case you missed it, which turned into what had happened was and stuff like that was that all the other members of the team, even though like if I was the only person on screen or if it was only a couple of us on screen, the other people who were part of the team were still responding to things in the background. Like we were still talking to each other and, and talking. To, and so it kind of gave you that feel of kind of like there's people in the room. And that's really mm. what it was. It was people in the room. And so if I got up to talk about something specific, um, and, and, you know, I was delivering news that happened or, you know, something, whatever, I would ask for the opinion of the people in the room, you know what I mean? Like, just like I would, you know, like we having a conversation now. Right. Um, right. and so you would hear them kind of chime in from the background or I say something and they don't like it and they would just say they don't like it. <laughs> and, and, you know, we fight about it, whatever. Um, I, you know, and I think it was just, um, you know, a lot of that is like what it is for us now, which is for us. Um, it, in a lot of ways, it's about injecting our own personalities, our real personalities and the people that we are into something that we love and allowing people insight into that. You know what I mean? Like our thoughts are what they are. You know, we feel how we feel. Um, and, you know, we keep it 100 percent real and, and authentic. That's just, you know, that's I, what I, it is. I, I appreciate you being real about the green screen because you just you broke my entire thesis. Now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that joint was all fake. This is real. Like this? Yeah, yeah. It's real. But, but that joint was, yeah, that joint was all green screen. Wow. That's wow. If, if any, do you have any questions for uh, my man, Gage? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, I want to kind of delve into uh, your your personal origin story, you know, origin story. You know, I want to know, you know, you're a little older than me and Joe, so uh coming into the eighties, you know, what was what was some of your inspirational things that you saw as far as media, you know, as far as video games, who's the first comic books you started reading, uh, your favorite T V shows, what you know, what gave you inspiration uh as a kid because, you know, you're you started out as a rapper. So, you know, for you to be a rapper to now you know, go down into, you know, the comic book, MCU space, you know, the world we in now, nerds and you know, all the geekdom and all that. So, you know, what were some of those uh, first uh, inspirational things that you saw as a kid that kind of formed you, you know, who you are today? I mean, realistically, I mean, I've always been, I've been a Spider-Man guy from day one. Like, that's just yeah, always. I see, I see a lot of uh, Spider-Man par paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man like, paraphernalia. From, from, honestly, from, from as far back as I can remember. You know what I mean? I've been a Spider-Man um, guy. So, I've always been into that, you know, growing up, it was, it was Spider-Man, it was He-Man, it was Thundercats, it was Transformers, G1, not oh. Beast Wars, G1, like real Transformers, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, 
you know, I was into all that kind of stuff. And I, I didn't actually get into comic books, like reading comic books until like middle school. I had, I had some friends oh, really? that twins that introduced me to, to actually reading and collecting comic books. So that didn't start until I was like, you know, seventh or eighth grade, like seventh grade. Um, okay. And music has always been a thing for me from day one too. Like I have a musical family. My, yeah. my grandmother played piano. I, you know, I played saxophone and, and, and snare drum and, and, um, you know, always, I mean, rap didn't become a thing for me personally doing it until I was in like ninth grade is when I wrote my first, my first piece. But, um, you know, so I, but I've always been into music. And so I mean, look, I don't, you know, my brother would, would, would put beats together when we were doing music and, and, a lot of times we would sample stuff that came from from old. We would sample stuff from like the the when we first started doing music. We would we would use the Sega. So the Sega Saturn, damn, had an option on it. Yeah, you could do this joint called an A B repeat, which basically lets you take a CD that you had in the Saturn, and you could basically sample it. Like you could start start it at one point. And stop it at the next point, and it would just keep playing that same loop over and over again. And so we would do that and connect that joint to a boombox with a microphone, and we would rap. You know what I'm saying? Over that, we would we that's that's you know where that came from. So like even our early like hip hop like rap roots as far as creativity came from video games. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And and like I said, Spider Man been my been a day one for me. Always yeah. been a huge fan of Iceman because Spider-Man and his amazing friends were Spider-Man and Iceman. And, right. you know, I just never let it go. So even when I was wow. was into rap heavily, I was still playing games and gaming heavily, you know, where we were in the whole, in the house recording, you know, in the studio was always surrounded by video games. TVs and video games and controllers were always everywhere. And our, our studio sessions yeah. were always interrupted by like Fight Night, Madden. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like Street Fighter, like we was always doing that. So right. I think I think the most amazing part of that story, the most amazing part of that story is that you had a Sega Saturn. Like you you were Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Did you have a Sega C D too? Did you have the Sega C D? Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Had a had a uh 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 my 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 console history is like I mean I'm Atari twenty six hundred. Okay, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Uh, NES, a Sega Master System. Um, I never. Well, I didn't own a Turbo Graphics when they came out. Uh But my man Ali. I'm the only one that has it. Yeah, I had one too. I'm the only one in my neighborhood that had a Turbo Graphics. Yeah. Um, but I had, you know, I had had that. Had had a, a Genesis and a Sega CD. Never got a 32X. Had a, a Dreamcast. Like by that time, by the time Dreamcast hit, you know, I was older and I was working. And so like PlayStation 1, I got on late, but PlayStation 2, I got early. Like I imported a Japanese PlayStation 2 and had it like a year before they oh, was wow. out here. And then oh, I did the same crazy. thing with Dreamcast. I got, I got, I got three Dreamcasts and within within arm's reach. Like I could get up and grab my Dreamcast. They sitting like right there. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I've always been a gamer, okay. always been a comic book book dude, always been into sci-fi. You know what I'm saying? Star Wars, Star Trek, 
all, all of it. It's always, always been a thing. Love, love, like. You got to pick one. Wait, wait, I can't let you do that. You got to pick one. Star Wars or Star Trek? Are you a Trekkie or are you? Are you, are you, are you? Oh, no, Star Wars. Okay, all right. Star Wars over Star like, Trek. Come on. Come on. Well, you, you know, my father, was a, my father was like a Trek head. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He was a Trekkie. So, like, you know, I, I was introduced certainly to, to, to Star Trek before Star Wars. Okay. But come on, man. It Like, realistically, as dope as some of the things that happen in Star Trek are, like, nothing trumps a lightsaber, dog. Like, you just not... <laughs> Like you just not, you know what I'm saying? Like it's you're not, yeah, you're not beating. Yeah. Nah, you're not like beating. real, like real talk. Jedi's is showing up embodying everybody in Star Trek. You know, like it's no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sith Lords is is crushing everybody in Star Trek. So yeah. okay, I, so, so I I prefaced before that I know you through through my cousin. So yeah. you know, you and Ed went to school together. Um, yep. He was real into drawing. So were you? Did you ever you do the drawing thing too? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um. You know, I got into drawing probably when I was in as elementary school. But again, like, see, the funny thing about it is all, all of my friends mm-hmm. growing up, like my core crew, most of them, like I'm still friends with almost all of them now. Yeah. And all of them were incredible visual artists. They all could draw like it was nobody's business. Right. And that kind of mm-hmm. grew even as I got to like middle school and high school, just more people got added that had that same kind of talent. So, you know, when I say like, yeah, I know people who are doing like comic books now, like one of my best friends, like I've known Jose Jaro, I've known since like the third or fourth grade, mm-hmm. you know, now he's doing the new Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic book. Um, and and so me and him were, were friends. So he drew all the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to draw cause he was drawing. I was never good like he was good. You know what I mean? Like okay. there were moments where I was okay. You know, there's some of it that runs in my family. If I had not given it up to really, I kind of let that go as I got into high school Yeah. Um, and really found a place where I felt okay with the fact that all the rest of my friends can draw and are really good at it. But I'm really good at this music thing. And okay. so, and all, and the thing about a lot of them play music too. Like a lot of those guys were in a band, you know what I yeah. mean? Play saxophone or, or, or something along those lines too. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely did some drawing um, and painting and have a knack for certain things for color and that kind of stuff. And then th- those guys, when they came back from college, um, like introduced me to Photoshop and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I do work in Photoshop probably every day. Did you draw any Ninja Turtles? Because I was always in, I was always enamored with the people that could draw the Ninja Turtles the right way. All the time. All the time. And it's, all, it's for real for a long time. It's all I wanted to draw. Yeah, exactly. Because it was like, that was, you know, again, when I was coming up, like, ninjas were the best thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Ninjas were the best thing ever. So when you took what was almost very comic book and the fact that they were mutants, yeah. They were turtles and you added in the, the, the ninja element. It was like, yeah, it was like, that was all I cared about. And the thing about it is like, while everybody fell in love with the TV show, uh-huh. because I was also in the comics, like I was into that, that comic world and you know, Ninja Turtles in the comics was black and white and it was dark and they all wore red bandanas and they stabbed people and they cursed like, like New York teenagers. Like yeah. that's what yeah. I was into. <laughs> Straight up. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, and just to add to your music story, you, you were into a lot of, a lot of music and see back then I was, I had a singular focus. So I was over only over there for rap, but I'm hanging out in the dungeon one day, the dungeon. Uh, and, and, uh, you mentioned Lincoln park and then I had to listen to them. 
I, you know, I didn't even know anything about Lincoln Park, <laughs> but but after you mentioned it, I had to go listen. You know, mm-hmm. so you you were part of my uh, you, you you expanded my horizons greatly just by. Yeah, hey, I appreciate. It. Yeah, I never been um, and my taste in music, I'm like super eclectic. Like right. I like some yeah. everything. You know what I mean? I love rock. I love jazz, hip hop. You know, the 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 time period in the '80s when I was like probably the most like the most impressionable. Uh huh kind of stuff that was on the radio was like everything from like like boy george was on the radio michael jackson was on the radio and a lot of the rap and hip-hop was at its early infancy you know what i'm saying it was super early run dmc and that kind of stuff and so my early listening was a very eclectic so not just because what was on radio was a was a mix of like billy idol and billy ocean and 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 stuff like that but also because my parents yeah. was heavy, like R&B, classic Temptations, Four Tops, Delphonics, like all of that uh-huh. kind of stuff. So all of that, mothers, fathers, sisters, sisters brothers, like all of that was infused in there, in there too. Um, so yeah, all of it. Mm, mm. I love all of it. Hey, look, look, I hope they got a good sense of who you are now. We, we've introduced Gage. <laughs> I hope so all too. Right? We've, we've gone all, all yeah, the way. Yeah. And when we get back, we got to bring the whole cast down and talk about DC. Slow music, please. We got to talk about DC. Uh, We'll be back. Hang on. It's Logic Over Everything. All right. Welcome back. Logic Over Everything. We are in to talk about this DC universe here. Uh, If if there is a universe, they don't really have a story. Uh, Gage, did you see uh, the Batman movie you saw? I I did. I did see the Batman. Okay. All right. Let's let's hear your thoughts on this on this movie here. Oh, actually, give a spoiler warning. Let's give us one of the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're it. gonna give all the things, yeah, because I, I I watched it too. I broke down. I watched it. So yeah, we we're gonna you know be as specific as you want to. Just tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I actually really like this 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 movie. Um, I think this is probably, <laughs> which this isn't saying much, but this is probably the best movie that DC has put out. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. The right. best movie in the entire DCEU yeah. is Shazam, which is crazy. Really? What? Shazam is incredible. What? Listen, Shazam is I incredible. I could have finished finish that joint. Wow. Listen, it, listen, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it hit all the right notes. Like, it's genuinely entertaining. Yeah. It tells a great origin story. And you're, you're like, where it ends... It's one of the only joints that when it ends, you're like, oh, for real? That's what y'all doing? Y'all, y'all just going, oh, it's like five of y'all now? We doing a whole family thing? Like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, yeah. if 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 you compare it to everything mm-hmm. else they've done, the, the, <laughs> the Batman, here's what I like about this movie. Okay. It is properly dark. Okay. It is... Yeah early enough in Batman's career that there are things about it that are forgivable because this is only like his second year being Batman, which is a thing that I can appreciate because what they do is they always try to force Batman down your throat and make him. The problem with DC is that Batman is the answer for everything. He has an answer for everything, right? He's the end all be all without the superpowers, which makes him corny but he works and people identify with him because he doesn't have powers. Yeah, yeah. The part of him they don't identify with 
is his monetary value. And this, this is a Bruce Wayne who doesn't care about the money. Like he's clearly using it. He's building something like building the Batmobiles, crazy, you know, whatever. But he actually does detective work, which Batman is and has always supposed to have been like the world's greatest detective. Like he's not the smartest person in the DC universe, but they almost treat him like he is because he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. The entire police force can't figure something out. He walk in, he figures it out in like three minutes. Like it's just, that's just what they do with Batman. The fact that he does like detective work in this, that it's a little slower, that the actual fights, the combat in this, he takes hits, he delivers heavy hits. Like there's a lot about this that I think they get right. Okay. Um, And right for Batman is kind of tricky. I think that, (laughs) and listen, here's the thing. I catch a lot of heat, okay? The internet is not super friendly to me a lot of the time because I have gone on record multiple times and said that I don't really think that the Nolan trilogy of Batman films is all that great. I've heard that around the internet too, so I'm not surprised. Batman, Batman, true is out there that you know read the comic book heavy, like yeah, they didn't like the Nolan, you know, series or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean they're not. <laughs> here's the thing, they're not bad movies, right? But they're only so-so Batman films, and I think that's because you never really get a good sense of Bruce Wayne and who he is, and if whatever you do get out of him it makes you not really like him like he was so like he complained a lot he you know by the time the second movie hits he's like i'm old and i'm tired and i'm scared and i don't want to do this anymore and that's just not what you want from batman (laughs) so this batman being early on Uh uh-huh the 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 most glaring issue that i have with this movie is the batmobile even though i like oh i was about to ask you about that batmobile that thing is unforgivable (laughs) listen i i love that vehicle I, it's probably my favorite Batmobile since the the early Michael Keaton Batmobile. Like enough yeah. that like I built like I have the Lego Technics. Wait, wait, like, oh, oh, wait. are you saying you like that one that's in this? I one? do. I actually do like it. Oh I do like God. it. Here's the thing. I like the car. Uh-huh. It's the worst scene in the movie. It's literally <laughs> the worst scene in the entire movie. <laughs> but I like the car. Like the the scene doesn't do the car justice. Like. Mm-hmm. No. Whoever was responsible for 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 setting up that scene, it was just yeah. done for the sake of having a Batmobile, almost because it's like there's there's a piece of me that feels like Warner Brothers said to them, "We're gonna let you do a Batman movie, but you have to have a Batmobile, like you mm. have to, mm. right?" And and I feel like they shoehorned it in because the way that scene takes place is like he didn't. You don't see get him get the bat the Batmobile there. It's somewhere remote. How did he get the joint there? Why is he in it? Right. He probably right. could have just clotheslined Penguin and, <laughs> and grabbed him by the neck and walked away. But instead, he ran and got in the car and was like, I'm going to chase him. Like, it's, it's, it's a stupid, it's stupid. It's a stupid scene. And it doesn't do the vehicle justice. Mm. The scene's dumb, though. Like, like he's, he's, getting, he's getting outmaneuvered by, like, a Buick Regal. Like, the Penguin... <laughs> The, like the penguin is whipping on Slim. He's in the Grand National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was crazy. 
and I get it. Like the the Batmobile is heavy, so yeah, I can see him out cornering him or something like that. Mm-hmm. They on the highway, dog. Like like, you know what I'm saying? And like, the 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 penguin is in the car. Again, I've told this before. It's on our spoiler boys or whatever. But like, the penguin is in the car, and like he gets trapped between these two tractor trailers, right? Yep. And he's got this like somebody's in like a white old white Chevy Trailblazer in front of him, like a big like an SUV. And when that joint won't get out of the way, he just rams that joint out of the way. Just get out of the way, right? And I'm like, for real? And then he once he gets that out of the way, he jumps in front of one of the two tractor trailers and slams on his brakes and brings a tractor trailer to a halt. Mm-hmm. And then they just conveniently hand the Batmobile a ramp. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no. Hey, no, bro, it's, it's, it's so oh, bad. It's corny. It's super corny. Right. But the car, bruh, like, listen, I'm not a huge muscle car fan. Yeah. But the idea of trying to combine what Batman is, the thing about Batman is that Batman lives, like, Gotham's in this weird time loop where, like, Mm-hmm. They have stuff that's from like the 40s and the 50s mm-hmm. with technology that's from like now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's really, really weird. And so kind of taking the idea, like the Batmobile, the original Batmobile, that the first one I ever saw from like the 60s, okay, right, was like a muscle car. It was like an open top yeah. muscle car, right, with a jet engine in the back. Yep. What yeah, we got after yeah. that, they always make them joints look like spaceships, like something that just couldn't exist that he just had to build from scratch and doesn't come from anything. And that's my favorite iteration, right. the 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 um the Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton. Batmobile. Right. The and here's the thing. That is also my favorite. Oh, okay. All right. However, <laughs> again, when you take the idea of like trying to the Michael Keaton Batman, I love that movie. I still think that those those first two Keaton movies are better than this movie. Okay. Yeah. But they are products of their time in that they were trying to make a comic book movie. They were trying to make a Batman movie that felt like you were in a comic book. These movies, since Nolan's doing it with Batman Begins and so forth, they're trying to remove the comic book portion of it and make it feel more realistic. If Batman really existed in our world, what would it be like? The idea of him having to cobble together the Batmobile from parts of stuff that actually already exists. So it's a muscle car. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the fastest thing, most American thing you can get? You know what I'm saying? Because truthfully, um, Bruce Wayne has the kind of money that absolutely says he will be driving foreign cars. He will be paying all kinds of crazy money and he will be driving foreign cars. But Batman is the dark version of Superman who is the all-American. So, like, you would never put Clark Kent, Superman, in a foreign car. He's always going to be in a Ford or a Chevy or a Buick. And, and so Batman being like that dark version of Americana, he belongs in like an American muscle car. And that's what they did. And that harkens more back to that original like 66 joint. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I like the idea of it and the concept of it and him kind of cobbling together. As you watch the movie, like he doesn't have a Batmobile in the beginning. Like you see the engine and engine parts and stuff. So it's like, he's clearly kind of been working on it and putting it together. It's still a work in progress. Mm. It doesn't mean that like in future iterations, it might not look a little different or be a little nicer, but like, you know, 
it's not it's not the tumbler from the Nolan joint where when that joint does get wrecked, wrecked. yeah, he, he just like hits a button. It. It's like I got a motorcycle inside this joint. Like, <laughs> you know, I like that part. I'm I'm, I'm saying I, I like that. that's actually one of the coolest parts of that. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> so so yeah, if you had to yeah, give yeah, the grade sir. to the Batman uh, on an A to E scale, what what grade do you give that movie? Um. Uh-oh. What's that? A to E scale? If you had on a it. on a, a grade, like give it an actual give grade. Give it a grade. Yeah, give it a grade. The Batman. Oh, I think I'm losing. The the Batman. Uh A to E. I gave it a B. You gave I it gave a it a B. Gave it a B. Yeah. Just, think, just for context. Get yeah. just for context as somebody that doesn't like the Nolan films. What do you give the Dark Knight? Yeah. What do you give the Dark Knight? What grade? <laughs> Okay, listen. The Dark Knight is like a D. It's like a D. I'm gonna tell you why. I've heard it. I'm gonna tell you why. So, people love the Dark Knight, bro. But really, here's the thing: this is a Batman movie. So I'm gonna ask you a question. If you really like the Dark Knight, you tell me what's your favorite Batman moment from that movie. Infinite, you want to take that? I mean, we'll say the, the the probably the greatest cosmetic performance we've probably ever seen in a movie, probably at least since Terminator 2, when uh, Arnold got half his face blow, blew off, he saw all the metal in his face and the red glowing eye. Mm-hmm. Our favorite <laughs> favorite part out of that movie is when you, when you get the initial scene of Two-Face turning his face over <laughs> and seeing his, half his face blown off, bro. Like, that's, for us, at least for us, that's the sure. moment that we talk. We've talked about every day since that moment has happened. <laughs> so here's the thing: your favorite moment from a Batman movie has nothing to do with Batman. Mm. That's a problem I for me, it. as a like as yeah, a viewer. I get it. Like when you say, "Here's the thing: the, the the Dark Knight as a title has history, right?" So as a comic book person, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Big the Dark Big Knight Lord. is like, oh, yes, yeah. he's older, he's brooding, he's angry. The Dark Knight is where he. Uh-huh comes this close to killing Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the idea of a Dark Knight is this is a, this is a Bruce Wayne, a, a Batman who's supposed to be so angry that he's pushed to the brink of breaking his own rules. You know what I'm saying? Right. That never happens yeah. in this movie. If this movie had been called Batman, colon, the Joker, then we might have something. Because for yeah. most people, what stands out for them in that film is the Joker. It's, yeah. It's the Joker. It's the portrayal of the Joker, which for me is not better than the original Joker from the '89 oh, Batman. You're not. You're not gonna beat Jack Nicholson. You're not you're, uh, Jack Nicholson. You're not. No, if you're gonna those yeah. two movies back to back. Yeah. So much of what Heath Ledger did, he literally borrowed from Nicholson. Mouth movements, what he was saying, like people get all caught up in the why so serious, and I'm like, yeah, but like. Why So Serious came out at a time where social media existed and it was Facebook and it was internet and they were spraying it on billboards and like, right. have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Ooh. That joint just Ooh. took off, it just happened. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. town needs an yeah. enema? Like that joint just happened. Like you just <laughs> made a movie and you saw it and it just turned into a thing. We have our greatest Batman, like the greatest thing that Bat- that has ever been created around Batman is Batman the Animated Series, and that's straight up born out of things that they borrowed from that movie. 
right. from what that movie yeah. was, right. from its yeah. dark paces and so forth. Yeah, so, the animation was, yeah, the animation was a monster. Yeah, they, they haven't done anything that comes close to that. This movie, I think, is the closest thing to that, though. I think yeah. it's the closest thing, again, to being the right kind of dark. I didn't like how, like, like this version of Bruce Wayne is, like, a little too emo for me. Like, he's just kind of like... Right? like yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about that. He's a little emo. He's emo, yeah. He's a backpacker. Bruce Wayne is a backpacker. Yeah, but I do think that this Bruce Wayne-Batman combination works better than the Bruce Wayne-Batman combination as you've seen it in the Nolan films and in anything that Affleck has done. I think that the Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne, Batman combination worked better than the versions that were still supposed to be that same version of him in Kilmer and Clooney and so forth. Don't even mention Clooney. Okay. I think he did it better, but those movies are a victim of who their director was. They were victims of Schumacher. Wait, wait. So, so refresh me. Who did the 89 one? Who who directed that? Was that Tim Burton? Is it Tim Tim Burton? Burton Yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. Okay. Yeah. Tim Burton right. did those two. All right. So yeah. so so my my last thing on this DC thing is what the hell is wrong with them? It feels like and, <laughs> and, and I'll give infinite credit for this. I feel like they got like a member of Hydra inside their organization disrupting them on purpose because now I you know Batman was good. I, I agree with your assessment of the Batman. It was a good movie okay. for me. Like I yeah. enjoyed it. Um, but now I know that it's not even part of their universe. So it has nothing to do with the other three movies coming out this year. Yeah. Their inability to tell a story—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's... It's weird, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's tricky. So here's—I'm gonna—I'm gonna tell you exactly what I think happened, okay. and a lot of it is, unfortunately, a lot of it is based in Warner Brothers and their parent companies. So, you know, AT and T. And their ownership of Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers ownership of DC has had an effect in their parent companies and their shareholders saying, you guys need to produce something that makes us dollars. You need to do it now. So instead of taking their time and really building, so you're, you're immediately coming out and you're trying to compete with what Marvel has been building over like a 10 year period. Right. So starting with Iron Man and then doing an Iron Man 2, and then going to Thor, and then, you know what I mean, and on, and then doing a Captain America, and on and on, right, and then bringing them all together. They did Man of Steel, and it was supposed to then, there was supposed to be a Batman movie. They didn't do that. They took that Batman and turned it into Batman versus Superman, and then in that movie, they threw Wonder Woman in it. Because everybody already knows those characters. So I think what they tried to do is, I feel like they really tried to jump ship. We already have characters that are established. People know them. They know their stories. They know who they are. Let's just, let's pull them together and then use them to build everybody else around them because people already know them. Instead of, and this is part of why I think Shazam is the best movie they've done because Shazam's been around for decades and still nobody really knew who he was or knows his story, right? And so people went in knowing it was DC but not really having expectations. Right. So Shazam is like Captain Marvel. Right. 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 I mean, that's. (laughs) I didn't know who that. So they so they 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 jumped the gun. Right. Because when those movies come out, you're already you're 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 being compared to Avengers. Yeah. You're not being compared to Iron Man. You're not being being compared to this ensemble. And and 
what Marvel did didn't just affect DC. It affected every other movie production company on the planet yep. because all of a sudden <laughs> yep. everybody wants to have a cinematic universe. So they're doing a yep. universal monster cinematic universe. That's what the, the mummy movie was supposed to start mm. that they just did that yep. bombed terribly because they were going to do Dracula and the mummy and Frankenstein and all that and do a cinematic universe. They are doing this King Kong Godzilla cinematic universe. They're doing a Hasbro cinematic universe to tie G.I. Joe and Transformers. Everybody wants to have a cinematic universe where they can continuously tie things together because they see the kind of money that Marvel is making doing it with Disney behind them. DC trying to do that with Warner Brothers behind them. And they've been tied to Warner Brothers again for decades. Like the original Keaton film is a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. Yeah. But Warner Brothers now is owned by somebody else, by AT&T. They have assets being sold off. They're losing money here and there. What's happening with Warner Brothers and HBO, HBO is tied into that too, because that HBO Max thing is part of it. So a lot of it comes from that pressure of like, we gotta do something, we gotta do something now because we need to make money now so that we can make our parent company happy. So they, they, Wonder Woman was actually pretty dope. The first joint. The first, the oh yeah, one, I was about to say that second one. Just, you want to talk about the weakest villain in, in comic book history? I, Straight up. Right. Now here's the thing. Every villain has potential to be incredible if you do it right. I'll give you a perfect example. Did you watch the first season of Jessica Jones yeah, on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Bruh. Mm-hmm. Purple Man is the most D-tiered villain ever. And they turn that dude into like Joker level quality villain. Yeah, he was good. And what they do, that is the other thing that, that Marvel is doing so much better than DC and DC doesn't have people doing this. Marvel's doing an incredible job of making their villains human. You feel for them. You agree with them in some ways. There are arguments about whether or not Killmonger was right. There are arguments about whether or not Thanos Thanos. was trying to do the right thing. Is he actually a villain? Mm -hmm. When what he's telling you is, I'm trying to save the universe. It's not going to work. We're going to kill ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They humanize their their enemies. Even Ultron. You feel for him as a puppet. As somebody Mm -hmm. that's created Mm -hmm. by someone else and is given a job. Your job is to protect people, to protect humanity. Well, in order to do that, got to get rid of humanity because humanity is its own greatest threat. Like they, 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 there, there were, when, when Ultron hit, no matter how you felt about that movie, if you watch that movie, I don't know if I had ever seen a villain, especially not in a comic book movie. I would seen, there've been charismatic villains before, but not comic book villains. Ultron was charismatic yeah. for like a robot. Yeah. yeah. DC doesn't do that. So when you look at the villains, like in, in Batman versus Superman, they made Superman the villain. And then they made Doomsday the villain. And Doomsday has no, right? Like nobody even thinks about the fact that, that they, like, like at the end of the movie, in the, in the after credit scene, they, they give you Slade. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, so they, so what they've done is they have failed to, to, to build over time an honest to goodness big enough threat that makes you feel like you even need 
the Justice League. Yeah. By the time we got the Avengers and they were a team that didn't want to come together and work together, the threat became Mm -hmm. large enough in Loki and the Mm -hmm. impending invasion. Oh, we need the Avengers. We need people like these to stand up for us. DC hasn't been able to build that because they're not taking a long-term approach to what they're doing. They're just taking characters that they know you already know. And they, they, they're like, okay, it's Batman. So we know it's going to sell tickets. It almost don't matter if it's bad. I can't, I can't be a part of any of it. I'm not excited for the flash. I'm not excited for Aquaman. (laughs) I don't want to see another Aquaman because I couldn't even watch the first one all the way through without falling. Here's here's what's crazy about that. All right. So, who knows exactly what's going to happen with the Flash now because Ezra Miller keeps getting into trouble. And, and just yesterday, right. WB announced that they were like having an emergency meeting to decide what they were going to do with him and whether or not they were going to continue to put push forth his stuff because of what he's been doing. But that movie, and, and, and here's the thing, that movie is intended to be their saving grace. They will oh. use that movie to do the Flashpoint Paradox to undo slash erase all of the other DCEU films and bring this Batman into one. So they've already said without doing it in film that they're having a multiverse. They're allowed to have a Batman that's Ben Affleck and have a Batman as Robert Pattinson at the same time because they're not necessarily the same universe. They're going to use the Flash movie to explore that, right? Mm. And possibly undo it and make it all one thing and maybe use that to get rid of Affleck and bring Pattinson in so they will find a way to tie this Batman into that universe um, and probably make him someone who doesn't hate Superman from the first moment we see him, right? Um, So there's potential. And that's the only reason why I'm invested in it because I personally think that Slim is a terrible Flash. (laughs) Yeah, I like the guy from the WB show. I like the I like the W. Sure, I like that Grant. Show. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know his name. Can't think but his yeah. last name. Um, but listen, I don't even watch that. But oh, I don't, don't watch, watch it okay. because it's it's the same thing over and over again. <laughs> he goes back in time, he messes something up, and he got to go fix it. It's the same thing over and over again. That's what the Flash. All the Flash is good for. But that's what they're gonna use him for in order to try to reset the DCEU. Do you remember the the Flash TV show from the nineties? I do. I do. Because because the because the guy who played Flash on it plays yeah. play is in this. Yeah. He's in. Yeah, there. absolutely. I actually met him. I we we um we shot with him. We we went to a um a convention. Uh, it was NovaCon, and then it changed from NovaCon to All Star Comic Con. They did two of those, and he was at one of those. We talked to him. We talked to. We did an interview with Jessica Parker Kennedy, who who uh played uh Iris's and and his daughter. Mm. On the show, we yeah. shot it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm familiar with it. I just don't. Yeah. I couldn't get into Arrow. I liked <laughs> the first season. <laughs> I did. I did. I did watch the first couple seasons of Arrow. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Get I liked the first season. After that, I was like, yeah. all right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You know what I mean? Infinite. I'm infinite. Now, Let I will me... tell you what, what is what is good DC, like live action TV, yeah. um, that a lot of people slept on is Gotham. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotham. The first couple yeah, Gotham. Gotham was good. Yeah, clean. Yeah, I, I was in there. I was yeah, in there. clean. But that's you know, and some of the stuff they're doing now that's like was originally on like the CW app or whatever it is, and like now now it's all on HBO Max is uh it's pretty good. Like Titans and Doom Patrol and some of that stuff is actually pretty good. Mm. It looks corny, but it's, it's actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I couldn't get into the Titans. I couldn't. I couldn't. I can't watch. 
why. Here's the other thing that's a problem with DC. And I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, this is a problem they'll probably never be able to get rid of. DC can't, so they wanna, they wanna compete with what Disney and Marvel does. But one of the most brilliant things about what, 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 what Marvel and Disney do together in combination is that they put out content that stays like right on that PG-13 line. And some of that's gonna change as they move Deadpool and stuff like that in. But they stay on that PG-13 yep. line. They use the Disney train of thought, which is we wanna capture children before they can talk. By the time they're three, they're ours, and they never stop being fans of our content, of our product. And then they'll grow up and they'll have kids and they'll bring their kids to Disney World and their kids will watch Disney content and so forth. It just never ends. Disney is always there. They've taken that same approach with Marvel, right? And so if you look at what's on Disney Plus and what they do, there's the Spider-Man with Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales and it's like a show for like three-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? But those same kids can watch Into the Spider-Verse even though it has stuff where like a Peter Parker Spider-Man dies. They can still watch it. You know what I'm saying? So they do a very good job of like riding that line and, and having it be serious enough that adults don't mind watching it, but entertaining enough that kids are all into it. And you don't mind as an adult, as a parent, watching your kids or taking your kids to, you know, having your kids watch it or taking them to go see it. DC struggles because they have a character like Harley Quinn, who is technically a villain but is also an anti-hero. She's a murderer and she sides with a psychopath murderer. Yet they put out costumes for little girls to wear of her at Halloween. (laughs) They make her one of the main characters in the DC superhero girls TV show and short, right? And so when you have characters like her and Poison Ivy that are you know, in cahoots with Wonder Woman and Supergirl and so forth, right? Then you put out movies and you've decided that, well, our thing is we're dark and we're not afraid to push the envelope. And so people die in our movies and, and things blow up in our movies and we're more raw and people curse. And like, they haven't been able to decide or figure out how to ride that line so that what they do is entertaining enough for adults, but open enough for kids. And I think that that's, going to continue to be a problem for them because they haven't been able to shake that. And that is something that exists. Again, like Harley Quinn, have you watched the Harley Quinn animated show they have on HBO oh, Max? No, I ain't, no, they have a Harley Quinn animated? Bro, listen. Yeah, damn. That joint is the raunchiest, nastiest. It is not for the children at all. Damn. You, but, you, but, it's, but it stars a character who you spend millions of dollars marketing right. to children. Yeah. Yeah. Then you put a point at the dog that they can't watch. They don't know what to do because they have characters that just they all over the place until they get that figured out. Right. And figure out how to play a bad like you kind of have to do. You watch Young Justice? No, no. Mm-mm. Young no. Justice is incredible. It's incredible. It's an Wait, incredible where, show. Where, where can I find that? It's on HBO Max. It's on. Max it originally, Max. it was on Cartoon Network. They started, came on on Saturday mornings and eventually, but it was like literally in between like Ben Ten. It was like a little too serious for, but it's super entertaining, really good. Kids could watch it, but it, but it's pretty serious. Um, there's four seasons of it now. 
that that are available i would highly encourage you to watch every one of them like it just it goes and it goes and it goes but at the same time when you have something like that that is teetering on serious you have a show like titans where like literally in listen the first trailer for the titans live action tv show robin says batman like f batman like out loud like that's the direction they're going with the show yet you have teen titans go on cartoon network right with those same characters push towards kids it's like you gotta pick you know what i mean you either gotta stay in the middle you gotta pick one side of the fence or the other and because they can't do that they'll always struggle to meet the demand and and really be because because now what they've done is they've created fans who want the darker grittier more brooding side of things and they have fans who want the lighter more airy more family friendly i can take my kids to see it kind of thing and the reality of it is you're almost always going to sell more tickets when families can go watch your movies than you will if only adults can that's just how it is I don't like it. Hey, look, I'm up against the break, but Infinite, if you had to grade the Batman on the, on the scale of A to E, what would you give that movie? Yeah, I would um, probably give it a... I'd give it a C plus. Uh, for me, uh, it was a good movie, but I feel like I was watching a three-hour-long CSI, you know, CSI episode. You know, um, That's uh, fair. I, <laughs> I like it. You know, I, I just That's didn't fair. have no... Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't have like, uh, the emotional connection to it, you know, um, you know, the fighting and, you know, him and Catwoman going opposite ways and, you know, finding out that uh, Falcone, you know, was in cahoots with uh, Bruce Wayne's father and, you know, you know, Arkham family and all of that. You know, there just wasn't no emotional ties for me in that movie. And maybe and maybe that comes with the second, you know, the second Batman movie. But, uh, you know, I, I was there for a big, uh, you know, detective case. And I, I think that's what it was. So, yeah, I'll give it a C plus. C plus. All right. Well, whether you have it, you know, when we come when we come back, we'll actually talk about a, a good movie company. We'll talk about Mar- the Marvel Universe. We got some questions there. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. It's logic over everything. We'll be back. All right, we're back. It's logic over everything. Um, let's talk about this Marvel Universe, and and I have to preface this one because I watched the trailer for Doctor Strange too. And matter of fact, I you know um, I've taken the time to, I guess, in order. Of release, we've watched as a family here uh, mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe. So I started with Iron Man 2008, and then you know they have like the suggestions going down. We've watched the whole thing, ending with uh, the Spider-Man um, that came out last year. Okay. Yeah, I think that was right. So Far yeah, so we're up to up to speed, and now we're waiting for Doctor Strange. So so as a uh, as a kind of a teaser to my kids, I played the the trailer for Doctor Strange too, and I didn't think anything of it. You know, it's Doctor Strange, like it looks cool and whatever. And then I'm talking to Infinite, and he's like, "Did you really look <laughs> at the trailer for Doctor Strange too? Do you know what's coming?" And so I have to ask you, uh, Gage, how many mm-hmm. times did you look at this Doctor Strange two trailer, and what exactly can we expect in this movie? Oh man, listen. Okay, so look. Um, the, the, I, so they've got like three trailers now, maybe right. four. Right. The first two trailers I probably watched like three or four times in a row. Mm-hmm. 
like just back to back, just kind of looking and digging and trying to like see everything I can see. And to be honest with you, there's so much happening. I think I, I'm gonna be real. I think there are gonna be people who are very confused when they watch this movie. Um, <laughs> I've seen at least three, maybe four Doctor Stranges. I think we've seen three different versions of Scarlet Witch. Definitely at two. least, I mean, clearly you see her yeah. talk to her, you know, like the, you see her talking to herself. Right. So clearly there's right. two, right? So now we have variants. So shout out to Loki, right? It's like, right. and and the version of one of the versions of Doctor Strange, two versions of Doctor Strange that come from What If. If people right. didn't watch What If, I think they're going to be lost. Um, America Chavez and her ability to open portals, where she comes from, how she got her power and whether or not they're going to do some version of an origin story remains to be seen for her, but we get her. It looks like she's being held by Sidorak, which maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but Sidorak is the character that Juggernaut derives his power from. So we already talking mutants. And then we get Professor X. <laughs> like so we so I mean, we're combining X-Men in, in We're the, getting mutants. We go like we're getting mutants. <laughs> Brandon, let me let me let me ask you quick. Do you, do you think are we getting the Origin story of well, not the origin story. But are you thinking we're getting some type of storyline from uh, House of M with Scarlet Witch? You know, is, is she going to do the opposite of you know what she did in the comics, saying you know no more mutants? But in in the MCU, she's going to say you know more mutants, or are you think we're going to um, get that with this particular movie or not? I think it's possible. I think that it's possible that what they're doing is that that this Professor X maybe comes from a universe where that happened, where that's one of the things that Wanda did. Yeah. And so it's already happened. And that might be why there aren't mutants in the MCU universe that we have actually seen so far, right? But I certainly think that, that she, it's hard to tell right now whether or not she's the villain in this or not. I think it's possible that there are versions of her that are a villain in this. Um, It also seems like they make um, Mordo out to possibly be a villain because at the end of the first Doctor Strange movie, he kind of goes that route. That after credit scene at the end of that Doctor Strange movie where he goes and he takes uh, the guy's magic power that was keeping him walking and he says, I can't do this anymore and he no longer wants to follow the path you know, that the, you know, the, the one set for him, it sets him up for that. But it also could be that based on what he's seen or what he studied, like th- it looks like there's at least two versions of Mordo in this. Yep. It's all over yep. the place. I think we might be getting Namor. You think, he, you think he's really going to show up? I, listen, I think there's a possibility. Th- so okay. there's so many things that they're pulling from. Right. That like yeah. when, when, when Dr. Strange walks into that chamber, and right. um, you see those see Illuminati. Yeah. Right, so could be Namor. Looks like it could be Black Panther or a version of Black Panther. Maybe. Looks Probably. like Sharon Carter, Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. 
right. Professor X. So it could be that Namor is there. They could do Black Bolt because they right. did, even though they're trying to act like the Inhumans wasn't a thing. They could do that. Like the, the, the thing about what they've done with the multiverse is that it opens it up for them to do anything they want. Yeah, especially after seeing Spider Man. <laughs> so anything's possible at this point. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be it could be anything, man. I, I mean, I know we got Professor X and I know we get mutants in some manner. Mm-hmm. Everything else, because the other thing about it is like Marvel, they the best liars when it comes to their trailers. They be lying. <laughs> oh, they got me so good for yo for Infinity War. When that Infinity War trailer first dropped though, like <laughs> Bro, you see the like, Hulk running in Wakanda. Yeah, and that dude yeah. never shows up in the movie. You just waiting never. for it. They, yeah, yeah. They, they. Who knows what in this trailer is actually in the movie? There's no way to know. But it's honestly, listen. It it speaks to what Marvel is doing and has done over these last few years. That their trailers are even so good that they make you do this. You sit and you speculate and you talk about it and what's going to happen and you know what's, so you're, you, they build such great anticipation going into the theater. You just sitting there like, okay, what we getting, what we not getting. And and if you don't know by now that you don't ever walk out of a a Marvel movie until, until they turn it, until they turn the lights on. (laughs) So so we know Moon Knight going to show up. Oh, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) they can do whatever they want, bro. Like, you know, yeah. with them throwing Kingpin in and throwing, you know, Matt Murdock in, like they could do whatever they want. Ooh. The fact that the Defenders are now on Disney Plus and all that stuff has moved over and they pushed all these movies back. Keep that in mind. All these movies is coming yep. out more than a year, a year later, later than it was originally supposed to. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I just figured out uh, yesterday that, that when I watched the most recent episode of Moon Knight, that Moon Knight takes place after the snap, like I wasn't sure. I'm like, you can't tell. It's definitely after the snap. Yeah. Uh, so you gave you gave your your favorite. Uh, you gave the best in your opinion DC movie. You said it was Shazam, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what's what's your f- best pick for the Marvel universe? Well, top three, top three. Yeah. All right, go ahead, give me the top three. All right, thank you, thank you. Man, that's crazy hard. <laughs> it is. It's crazy hard. Um, so I'm gonna just I'm a, so Black Panther, yeah, probably Black Panther Endgame and Civil War are are probably my mm. my top. tough tough. Those those are probably my top three. Um, Winter Soldier is up there though, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier is incredible because that was like. You know they 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 kind of jump from doing superhero movies into doing like political thrillers that have people with powers right. in them. Like it's just it's a whole different thing, man. Like they do comedies or like space rom coms or whatever that just happen to have right. heroes from you know what I mean. It's I, I think Endgame. Look, the Endgame just the end of that joint alone where everybody shows up is like yeah yeah it's that the- might be one of the greatest movie going experiences of my entire life, bro. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a theater. And that, and it's like every and I saw that joint the theater like four times, bro. Like every time I seen that joint, I got chills. When listen, when 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 <laughs> when Cap yeah. gets that joint and you hear my man go, 
on your left. I was like, oh no, it's about to go down. Like, it just does it. Every time I see that joint, like, I don't know, you know, that's that's like 10 years of movie going, coming to a head right, right there right. in front of you and right. saying, everybody get some action. It was just like, it's nothing like it. That's probably the greatest spectacle in 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 movie history, straight up. Yeah, straight up. That was like I said. That was our that was our Star Wars for our time. Like whatever. No I remember back mm-hmm. then. Star Wars back then. Was, yeah, was, was in game for us. Like just like just like you talk about uh, on your left. You know, my my, my moment. I still get chills on is uh, when uh, Thor uh, first touches down in Wakanda. Yeah, I still Relax. get chills. And I done that about twelve times. I still get chills when that nigga touches touch down in Wakanda, yo. It's all bring channels, like this is crazy. Those are the kinds of things that, like, that's an anticip. That feeling exists because you've been mm-hmm. waiting for it for years. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been waiting for it for years. You've been watching it build, and like, yeah, there's nothing it like works. that. It's almost it, not fair. It, it, right? It, they they literally tossed out a scene. I feel like that was a toss-out scene where, where the Avengers get drunk at Tony Stark's uh, place in Ultron. Yeah. They're, like, drinking, they're partying, and then they say, who's going to pick up Thor's hammer? And, right. and Cap mm-hmm. gets that joint to move, Just and, then, and then you see it come to fruition when he... Thor celebrates so hard. Thor the... celebrates so hard. I knew it. Yeah, it's the it's the small callbacks. Small. Like they literally call back all the way to stuff that seemed insignificant in Iron Man One. Like that movie is is again, it's almost unfair because yeah, yeah. they had all of that <laughs> to build it to, and that's why everybody wants a cinematic universe. Cause you just you can't you can't replicate that any other way. You just you can't. So when we when we did our own top ten. We do our top 10s kind of strange. I mean, it's the only way I think to make it fair. Our, when we did our top 10, uh, Black Panther ended up being our number one. Um, and and it's just because the, the way we do it to make it fair is everybody comes to the table with their own top 10, right? And everybody goes yeah. down their list and they can explain why, they, why this is where it is on their list or whatever. It doesn't matter where it is on your list. The way we tally the results is based on how many movies are on how many lists. And so for every movie that's on multiple lists, you get an additional point. Black Panther was the only movie out of the five of us that did that, Black Panther was the only movie that was on everybody's list. So that automatically made it number one. Because it was on everybody's list, regardless. It was in everybody's top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how how it worked out. So, but Endgame, but Endgame and like Civil War was like right behind it. Like, yeah. Man, man. All right, so, so Infinite. what do you see from the from this trailer, Doctor Strange, uh, too? And then also, I would like to know your top three uh, Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. That's um, like uh, Gage was talking about. Um, you know, the, so the lead up to it, you know, with all the hype surrounding Spider Man, once we got wind of it, potentially, you know, we will see three Spider Men join up, you know, the Captain Spider-Man join up, you know, in uh, No Way Home. You know, right after that movie came out, you know, the buzz was starting to shift right over to Doctor Strange, even though they had been rumors out, you know, for the past year and a half about Doctor Strange, but now that we saw these uh, different universes collide, you know, now now the talk was like, well, this potentially might be, you know, X-Men in this movie, you know, uh, Professional X-Men might show up, so 
to actually get that confirmation of the professor actually showing up it was mind blowing. So, um, yeah, you know, just like I said, I think it's just going to be like a house of M where meetings officially, because, you know, Friday, you know, people, a lot of people don't know, Friday wanted the X Men to be in there since, since the first uh, Iron Man movie. Like, he, mm-hmm. if people haven't seen, you know, there was a uh, deleted scene in at the end of uh, Iron Man where, where uh, Samuel Jackson comes up to Iron Man and tells him, like, yo, it's, it's more than, you know, just, <laughs> just you out here, you know, this, this, uh, Boys running around with spider bites, you know, there's mutants. So his intention was to have the X Men in there from the jump. Not because obviously Fox having the rights to them, he couldn't do that. So I feel like in this movie, he's going to give you like that, that giant size issue where he's going to show you the future of what the MCU is going to be in this one movie. So that's, you know, that's my takeaway from that, uh, from that, uh, from that trailer. It's like you'll see the X Men, you might see, uh, uh, Reed Richard from. Fantastic Four, you know, saying you're going to see Deadpool come through, you know, all of that. So he's going to kind of give you a glimpse of what the future of the MCU is going to be in this particular movie. Just, at least that's my host. So that's, you know, that's what I got. And um, yeah, as far as my top three movies, as far as my top three movies, yeah, I'm probably going to go Endgame, Infinity War, and Civil War. But, um, <laughs> the thing I wanted to ask you, Gage, is uh, uh, was you Team Iron Man or was you Team... Uh, Team uh, Captain, because you know I've been Team Cap. Joe knows me and Joe been going back back and forth for some years. But you know I, I was Team Cap. Was you a Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Yeah, Team Cap all the way, bro. Oh my God! Hey, listen, I hey, look. Iron Man was wrong, bro. Listen, I it, what he was Thank trying you. to do. He's the villain of that movie. Like he's the villain of Civil yeah. War. He's the Thanos of Civil War. Yeah. He's the famous Thanos. Thanks. So. When you listen to the two of them have that conversation where Cap is about to sign and he asks him about Pepper and he's like, we're on a break. Like, that's where you get that true, like that moment from him where he's like, I thought that by doing this, I could actually get to spend time with her. Like he was trying to fix the relationship he had with Pepper by trying to put that shield around the world so that he wouldn't have to run off and be Iron Man anymore. Like, that's what he was trying to do. Which, in all his greatness, is incredibly selfish. You know what I'm saying? But it makes you understand where he's coming from. But he wasn't. He he wasn't right in what he was doing. Now, if you ask me if... <laughs> if the whole Winter Soldier killed his parents thing, like, if he was justified for wanting to take his head off, absolutely he. <laughs> Exactly, Absolutely. and and don't you don't you feel like with him and and uh, and uh, oh boy the Hulk getting together and building Ultron, they were trying to they were trying to fix it so they didn't have to work right. Like they were tr- the the why was there? The why we're doing it is to change the world, right? To make it well, to make it better. Sure, yes. <laughs> However, the problem is. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm just listening. The problem is if, if he even really felt like what he doing, what he was doing was the right thing, he wouldn't have felt like he had to go behind their backs to modify it and do it. That's true. He did. He did change. The that's, player. that's where it is. Right. Cause he's part of a team and they're a team player. Right. And as a team, if you all make a decision, Hey, as a team, this is what we've decided is the best thing for the world. Right. Which 
it's still a crazy thing as for like seven people to be like, this is what's the best thing for the world. He decided, I know better than all the rest of y'all what's best for the world. Well, I mean, he's the ego, which is why I'm in Tony Stark. I'm, which is, I'm, which I'm, is I'm, yeah. that's part of the problem. <laughs> I guess that's I, what I'm saying. I do, love, I do love Tony. Tony is my favorite Avenger. Just to put, I'm not mad at that. I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not mad at that. Like, I, I think. I think part of the reason why a lot of people like him is because he's flawed and he's human. He seems like a he's a person. He got money, but he got problems. You know what I'm saying? More money, more problems. <laughs> and you know, and it, and it was the best role that uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, you know, as as somebody oh, that perfect. watched, yeah, it's perfect for him. Man. He's perfect. Like if there's one thing that's the other thing Marvel does incredibly well is their casting. Amen. Like their their casting. Incredible. Like I just, yeah. So that's one of the things that does make me real interested to see what they're gonna do as far as bringing the X Men in, and how they cast people into roles that we've seen other people play. You know what I mean already. Um, I yeah. think that's gonna be real interesting. You know what I'm saying to see. Uh, it could be done though. I, I don't. I don't think. You know, again, because you're able to say that, yep, those characters existed, and these are variants of those characters, and these are the ones that are making it into the MCU, so they don't have to be that exact and it allows them to like allow that history to exist without having to technically replace the person who's doing it which is probably how they're going to replace Black Panther mm. is, is that coming out yeah, I'm confused is, is they just to, finished yeah, they good. just wrapped shooting on that I believe um, it's not supposed to come out till like next year though oh it's not okay All right. I just yeah. Yeah, you had some? I think it was really, it was yeah, it was really. I think slated for like November, but like like uh, Gage said, they most likely they're probably gonna push it back. So I'm sure they probably gonna have some more reshoots. You know, that's all the things that were going on. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. So so, where do we go from from Doctor Strange? Is that the only Marvel movie that's being released this year? Then, like, is no, that- we got a uh, loving Thor, loving Thunder, in, in July. Um, you yeah, got any speculations about that, Brent? You know what? I'll be honest. I'm not sure what they're gonna do with that. I know that I yeah. know that I'm excited about the fact that Valkyrie's in it. Um, right. which I only really know because they got she's she's doing press with them, so she got to be a major player in it. Um, yeah. I do like the idea of of them bringing back Jane and Jane becoming Thor. So. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to see Thor become unworthy, to see her become Thor. I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that character. Um, but to see her be Thor, and whether or not that's just a variant thing, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Um, right now, after what happened with the last Thor movie, I, I do, I trust Taika Waititi. To, Wait, you like sure. Ragnarok? You you like that movie? I do. I do like Ragnarok. I think the first two Thor is... The first door is important. I like the first it's pretty good. It's important, yeah, yeah. but it's forgettable. Like the yeah. villain's not all that great. Like they, it's still early. Like going no. back and watching it now, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little rough. <laughs> I will right. tell you what is good though. That's a sleeper that everybody hated was the Dark World. Thought the Dark World is actually really good when you watch it now, and I say that because now. You, if you go when you go back and you watch it now, the context and things that they were dropping that are important and like further out, like the ether mm-hmm. being one of the stones or whatever, 
So many uh, more of the things that are happening there are significant when you watch it now that you didn't know were significant at the time. Mm. So it's actually, it's, it's weird, but that's a thing that can happen with Marvel movies is that a movie that wasn't all that great actually becomes better because you're going back and you're watching it with hindsight. It's uh, just... So you're calling just, the first one not great, but you're saying you like Ragnarok. And I thought Ragnarok oh, was, was goofy. Like, let was, me tell you something. Ragnarok was goofy. Yeah. And it was exactly what Thor needed. Because, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, the energy, it's, it's the energy he needed. Because Thor is you don't, so... You don't... He's so over the top as it is. Like, again, you got to remember that, like... Yeah, like, the, 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 the Avengers are human beings mm-hmm. with extraordinary abilities. Thor's still a god. Like, he still plays mm-hmm. in a realm that's still way beyond, like, the things that he's seen and done mm-hmm. are close to Thanos-level things that, you know what I mean? So, I think that the kind of, com- the first Thor actually does have a lot of comedy. Um, yeah. But this comedy actually lands. And I think because you know these characters, it, you, it doesn't, the levity in the movie doesn't take away from the weight of what's happening, but it does make you feel like, yo, the idea, again, part of what makes the first Thor movie good is that Thor is a fish out of water. It's a fish out of water movie. It's this right. guy who's a god who comes from Asgard who doesn't know anything about Midgar, and he's, he's uncomfortable and out of place. And as that movie goes on, he begins to fall in love with this place and want to protect it. Because he falls in love with her. This movie, the third movie, revisits that concept of him being a fish out of water, him being somewhere where he doesn't know people, he doesn't know what's going on. And it also, in a way, like if you really think about what his story has been like, he has one of the most tragic stories in the entire MCU. That yeah, you actually right in Infinity War. Right? Yeah, like his, right like, in his mother dies, mm-hmm. his father dies, yep. his brother traded on yep. him. His sister's trying to murder him and take over it. Like, you know what I mean? He's lost in time. He's lost in this other place. He get, like he's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and for him, I think in order to really take the tragedy that is what Thor's story has been, this person who was expecting, like, when his first, when we first see him, he's walking into his father's throne room on essentially what is to be the day they declare him, he'll be the next king, right? It's like, this is your ceremony. And right then and there, he loses it. He goes off, he does too much. And he's like, you know what? You're not ready. You can't do it. You can't do it. And from there, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And by the time we see him, you know, and he's got to fight Thanos and Thanos kills Loki right in front of him and the Hulk gets bodied by, like, he's so distraught. That by the time we see him in Endgame, now he's fat Thor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like <laughs> he's depressed and he's under like he probably has the wildest character arc of everybody. Everybody. Yep. Of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so- I think that that movie does a great job of just him coming through it and getting to a point where, like, okay, I kind of found this new family. What I'm most interested in in, in, in Love and Thunder is what's happening with the Guardians, with him and the Guardians. Because that's the last place we saw him was with them. Right. Right. So, mm. it is, 
all right, how does that play out? Because we're not getting Guardians Guardians 3 no time soon. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like another year, year and a half away. Yeah. True. So, True. you know, I, I have I – have, my expectations aren't super high, but I expect it to, to be at least as good as the last one. Okay. But again yeah. – there's so many things they can tie into it that there just might be things that are significant because it's coming after the multiverse of madness. Anything yeah, anybody could be in Thor Love. Like, anybody can be in that movie. That's that's the uh that's definitely the experience they create. So yeah. so now so now ending this, I need to get personal with you. And I hope okay. you don't yeah, I hope you don't rise up against me. But the guy behind you, Spider-Man, is the one yeah. that you hold a tie to. And I know yeah. Sony owns Spider-Man. It was like weird. There was some, some things. So I yeah. want to know, you know, what you think of Marvel's integration, I'll say, you know, apart from uh, Tobey Maguire, uh, was the first, and Andrew the first Spider. Yeah, yeah, the first iteration. Tobey Maguire was the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, what do you think of their integration as you know, as a young Spider-Man into that Marvel universe, like how do you feel about that Spider-Man? I mean, look again. I part of the reason why I think Civil War is one of their best movies is because yeah. Civil War gave us two origin stories in one movie. It gave us Spider-Man oh. and Black it gave Panther. us Black Panther in one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and true. I think that the the idea of handling it's crazy because watching Far From Home, yeah, you realize that everything you've seen Spider-Man in all three of these movies and every other thing that he's been a part of are all part of his origin story. He doesn't actually get yeah, the original red suit until the very end of this movie. Now he's it started over. Now everything is reset. Nobody knows who he is. He can go out and save the world and be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's at the point where Tobey Maguire was at the end of like his first one, where he's got the apartment. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, it is also one of the most tragic stories, right? Like that, and that's who Spider-Man is. Yeah. Like, he is the one superhero that really deals with everyday stuff. Like, I'm supposed to be on this date, but I can't because this thing happened and whatever. <laughs> and like, I'm I'm trying to pay my rent, but right. I can't. And the only way I can is to take pictures of somebody and and have somebody who hates me pay me to give them pictures of me like it's this whole (laughs) it's this whole thing and like you're at the very beginning of that and the most beautiful thing about it as much as I hate that Sony still has control over it is that the combination of what Spider-Man has been him being tied to Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is that the Spider-Verse is a real thing it absolutely leaves it open for them to have other people portray Spider-Man, a younger version. It absolutely leaves the door open for him to train a young Miles Morales who we know exists in his universe because mm-hmm. uh, his uncle was in the first joint and he yep. they deleted the scene, but he actually says, I have a young nephew. You know what I'm saying here? And if you consider what happened to Peter Parker because of the snap, if Miles Morales didn't get snapped, but Peter did, that five-year gap means that it would make Miles the perfect age for him, like in the next movie or whatever, to come under his wing and him show him the ropes and just have somebody else take over and not like it not even be a thing. Like the setup 
The setup is incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a chance that Sony ruins it? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because Morbius. <laughs> Yeah. However, <laughs> Ooh, we didn't, yeah, I, I didn't. I haven't gotten a chance to see Morbius, but I'm I'm hearing that it's pretty awful. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I didn't see it, <laughs> and I'm not gonna, because I know it's already wrong. I already know it's wrong, and and, and I know what they want to do with it. They want to use the Spider-Man expanded universe, and they want to keep making movies because it'll it'll make them money. They want to try to tie them to the MCU. Because people will go and see them because they're tied to the MCU. But if you don't do it right, then it's not going to matter. Um, mm-hmm. they, there's a potential for them to do more damage than anything else. I think that... I don't think that Spider-Man... If I, if I recall correctly, there's one more... Like, he's done as far as his trilogy of movies is concerned. That contract is over. But he's there's supposed to be one more ensemble film that Tom Holland is supposed to be a part of. Okay. So... I don't think that Spider-Man is a part of the plan anyway to be integral to what's happening with the MCU going forward. I, I just don't think that he's... I think that there are parts of it that possibly could be because it feels like they're building out the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And he's young enough that he could, again, kind of fit in there. But all the characters that they've introduced, including Kang, make perfect sense for right. Young Avengers. And... Right. You know, I, I'm happy with where Far From Home ended. And if they okay. don't touch it and just let this new Into the Spider-Verse animated joint part two drop, I'm I'm I'll be good. Like Okay. Yeah. So so what's your favorite Spider Man then? Which what's your favorite one? Like which person that played Spider Man yeah, is which, my favorite? Yeah, which person? <sighs> All right, so that's pretty. Here's what's, here's what's funny about that. Okay. I think, listen, I think Tom Holland is an incredible Spider-Man. I like this Spider-Man. I like a young in high school. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Again, it's very the Batman. It's early in my career. It's right. Batman Begins. Oh. It's very early. I don't know the ropes yet. Spider-Man. I like that um, about him. Tobey Maguire was the perfect Peter Parker. Yeah. For the way that I grew up with Peter Parker. Yep. You would never, ever look at Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker and even think for a moment, you know, that dude might be Spider-Man. It's just not happening. (laughs) And that is part of what, that contrast between who Peter Parker is and who Spider-Man is has always been one of my favorite things about the trope. But one of the things you have to understand about Spider-Man for me that I didn't really realize even about myself until, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. is that one of the reasons why I identify and really like Spider-Man so much is because he's one of the only heroes that is covered from head to toe. As a child, oh. he was the only hero that I could see myself be because everybody else was white. Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and everybody else was white. But Spider-Man was covered from head to toe. And even though I know Peter Parker's white, I know that people don't know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And so it made it easy for me, I think, to identify with the idea of, you know, having that kind of cover. And it took, I saw an interview with one of my other favorite superheroes is Spawn. 
And I saw an interview with Todd McFarlane. <laughs> and Todd McFarlane's run on Spider-Man started with a, a five-issue run called Torment. I was absolutely in love with it. Like, I, like that made me fall in love with Spider-Man in the comic books as a character again. And I was watching this interview with him, and he said that he actually wrote, when he was doing Spider-Man, a segment where um, he saves somebody, and he like saves him from like a thug or somebody who's black, and and the person who he saves says something derogatory or like makes a racist comment, and Spider-Man grabs him by his by by like his collar and says. What color do you think I am under here? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you have no idea. <laughs> and that was one of the things that made me realize that like, yeah, like he is, as far as heroes go, like everybody shows their face for the most part. Right. Um, in some manner, like Batman has, <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, listen, man, I don't know how you're not supposed to know who Robin is and they put the little, they just got the little black, <laughs> like the little black joint. <laughs> when they play, like, I don't, you know, I don't know, but. I suppose it works. And like Superman, secret identity is glasses. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like costume with glasses and a and a fresh curl or whatever. But like, you know, other than that, like that's I think they did an amazing job with, and I, I don't think they would have been able to do it if it wasn't for Kevin Feige. Like in Feige we trust. That's the thing that we say around loading snacks is in Feige we trust. I just I trust his judgment. He hasn't the worst thing they've done is Black Widow. Whew. Right. Whew. Shit. Which isn't terrible, yeah. but has very bad effects. And you know what? I had I had low expectations on Ant Man, and since I watched the entire uh, Marvel universe with with my family, we had to watch Ant Man. Now I have a respect for it. I actually like it's super right. good. It's that, again, good. that's another one of the things they did so well. That's better than what DC did. Is like they took characters that have been around for years, but like people weren't really super hot on them and don't uh. really know them. Like everybody knew X. So they had to take the Avengers because they didn't have access to the X-Men and make them popular. And that joint works. Guardians of the Galaxy, like who's thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy, bro? Yeah, definitely, definitely. They, yeah, them they, joints yeah, hit, bro. Yeah. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they did that same thing with Ant-Man 1 and 2. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Oscars are I tell Joe, founding I, I tell Joe, Joe who is. Joe, Joe was faking on Ant-Man. I was like, dog. Yeah, yeah, bro, I, I, did, I did not. Yeah. I did not faking on them joints. I did not appreciate. Yeah. It. So, so we don't we don't talk about the Amazing Spider-Man at all. Like, what's your? I I don't I still don't know your favorite iteration. Should he get bitten by a spider? Should he make the venom the the webs? Himself? Oh, should he like, make web like organic webs? I hate that. <laughs> I hate I hate that. I hated that when that came out. I was like, oh, that's not right. Like, and I know it happened at one point in the comics, which is cool for it to happen like right. for a period of time. But like, nah, right. like Spider-Man is supposed to be able to like. Part of being able to show how brilliant Peter Parker is is yeah. him being able to invent webbing, which yeah. scientists have been trying to duplicate mm -hmm. forever and just can't do it. Like they still can't do it. And this right. dude is like a teenager mm -hmm. and just like <laughs> went in his garage and made it, you know what I'm saying? And made it made it happen. Andrew right. Garfield's version of Spider-Man is uh the quips are right. I think he's I think he's I don't like his Peter Parker. I do right. like his Spider-Man. So here's okay. where it is. Tobey Maguire is the best Peter Parker. Yeah. Andrew sure. Garfield is the best Spider-Man. And and Tom Holland is the best combination of the two. Okay. So okay. as a whole, Tom Holland's the best one. Okay. Now I got to get goofy with you because Venom oh, is uh, is off the back of that. 
the okay. Venom. Well, well, come on now. Let, talk to me about so Venom. I I boycotted that joint. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, Not the boycott though. Listen, Not the boycott. Look, I boycotted that joint because I was like, first of all. You can't have Venom if you don't have Spider-Man. Like, like for me, the introduction of Venom is like who Venom is is like Peter Parker and Spider-Man are mm-hmm. integral to who Venom is as a character. Absolutely, Period. Mm-hmm. hands down. So I was like, when they did that joint, I was like, Spider-Man not in this joint. This joint's blue. Mm. I did finally watch the joint. I just watched it like when did Venom two? Venom two came out last year. I yeah. watched it like right before Venom yeah, two. Hit theater. Okay. Um, I finally broke down. It was like five dollars, and I was like, "Let me just watch this one." Because people kept telling me it's actually pretty good, and I was like, "Even if it's good, it ain't right." So I'm not. Yeah, I'm boycotting this joint. So I finally watched it, and and you know, here's the thing: it's not terrible. Right. I, I don't. I don't hate it. It still ain't right. Like it doesn't sit right with. It me. doesn't. It doesn't sit right with. Is he a good guy? Is what? I don't, um, I don't understand it. He's a clown. Like, what is the <laughs> In the comics, especially recently, they have worked really hard to kind of redefine Venom and, like, who he is. They've done a lot to dig into, like, the planet he comes from and his race, and he really is, like, they, they have fleshed that character out much more than just, right. like, Eddie Brock uh-huh. and this, like, you know, sentient thing. So, like, they uh-huh. recently literally made Venom a god. Like, when I say a god, like, they made him a god. And right. he like has the ability to like he can he actually can gain knowledge throughout the multiverse in the comics because of all the other venoms that ex- like not venoms but all the other symbiotes that exist like they kind of share like a hive mind kind of thing which is yeah, kind of cool. uh-huh. um uh-huh. probably my most recent favorite run of anything that had to do with venom was Asian Venom where Flash Thompson ended up becoming Venom. They gave, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. had to see they gave it to him, and it was like, Venom was running around shooting guns, and I was like, this is kind of like, <laughs> this is actually kind of <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, like, the, the, as far as the movies are concerned, like, I, I, I didn't, I boycotted the second joint. I don't care right. about, I don't actually really care about Carnage. I know a lot of people love Carnage. I don't really care about Carnage. Um, and... I couldn't even finish it. I, you know, I, I eventually I'll probably watch it, but I'm I'm Don't not in a hurry. It's not important it. enough for me to Don't care. Do it. The the the, the, um, the after credit scene for Far From Home, yeah, and the after credit scene from Venom Two, just made me more angry. So I was just like, because mm. it it just seemed dumb that he got teleported into the MCU universe mm-hmm. because of a spell that is supposed to specifically target people who know who Peter Parker is. Right. And and Peter Parker doesn't exist in their universe. But the hive mind thing is supposed to be how he would somehow have an idea or know Peter Parker in some way, which means either there has to have already been some version of a Venom in one of those other universes that therefore knows a Peter Parker. And that somehow mm-hmm. brought him in. Yeah, it or, would be Toby. It would be the Maguire universe, right? Because you Eddie would think Brock, it would have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topher would Grace, have to who played Venom in that third but, one, right? And he recognized, yep. but he, but in that scene, he recognized Peter Parker's face. So, like, think about it, because even 
even like Dr. Octopus, he recognized Spider-Man. Yeah. But when the mask came off, he was like, you're not Peter Parker. Like, he didn't recognize him. Right. Venom right. was licking the television screen for whatever reason when he oh, saw the report of J. Jonah Jameson saying that, you know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. So, like, he's supposed to know who he is. And for some reason, he never attempted to go actually find him or figure out what it is, even though he got brought into that universe. So it's kind of dumb. And then when they get pulled out, it doesn't make sense that a little piece of Venom got left. Mm. Like, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Mm. So I can't. I, it's dumb. They're trying I had, to. I had, no, I had no defense for it, but I just had to ask, as a, as a Spider-Man enthusiast, how do you feel about them using Venom in this manner? And then it doesn't seem like he's... It doesn't, it doesn't ever seem like they're translating that to the, you know, the Marvel Universe in general. Like, I, I don't... Venom is just, like, standalone to me. I, I don't he is. He's yeah. but again there is potential for them to do a crossover of some sort. Yes. Will they do it right? Probably not. It, <laughs> it just it just probably it probably won't be. It probably won't be right. Right now what's happening with the MCU, there's so much going on and and I don't really like the fact that there's an, a separate company that is still kind of allowed to do their own thing. Right. Because I, I feel like it messes with how very well and interwoven the MCU mm. is. Mm. So, I mean, look, bro, I'm amped for, for Blade. Wow. They're Hearing Mahershal Ali's voice at the end of The Eternals, I was like, hey, bro. I, it, that's yeah. another thing, and we, and we can talk about this in overtime, but Eternals, that's a no for me. I I don't like anything about it. Like um, it was a money grab. They they got Angelina Jolie in the in the face of that. Like it was You it know was... what? Here's a I think they made Eternals is a beautiful film. Like it's beautiful. Like the cinematography is incredible. The effects are incredible. I like the characters. It doesn't quite live up to the hype and feel like it fits in the MCU universe. And I think what they did was they took Uh a change because they've been able to explore sort of different genres. Like the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to have some more horror elements to it than what we've seen previously, um, you know, with the MCU. The Thor stuff has went more of the comedy route. Again, it was, there was, you know, Captain America stuff that went more the political thriller route. You have Guardians of the Galaxy that's like a, a you know, a space adventure kind of a thing that just was more Indiana Jones than any of the other, you know, films, you know, have been. So I think they just kind of took a risk because Chloe Zhao has such a different look as like the way that she shoot and as a director. I think though, Again, I think the Eternals is at the bottom of my list. However, <laughs> is going to listen. Go ahead. Just hear me. Yeah. Three years, three years minimum, but probably in the next two years, you'll be able to go back and watch the Eternals and feel completely differently about it because they will tie things into that movie that will make that movie better, just like what happened with with Thor two. Like it, it'll it'll be. You'll be able to go back and see things in that that are like, oh, snap. 
so-and-so did the such and such that go like it'll just because I trust Kevin Feige. That's okay. it. I, I that's it. I, I, I hope you're right. I think with them yeah, I think with that I think with that movie, they already gave you they already gave you like a uh, a little uh glimpse of uh, apocalypse in that joint, you know what I'm saying? Like there there's some you know, there's some things that it, I think I think uh, Charles too, I think it'll be a much better movie, especially if they get into like this you know, the younger years of Thanos, you know, if you know, that's kinda of like the rumors right now. They yeah. delve into the fan Thanos and maybe we get into some, you know, Galactus, you know. Yeah. I mean we know Fantastic Four was coming, they announced it. Right. You know what I mean? So, so I, Galactus would be a fit. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if we do see some version of Reed Richards, uh-huh. you know, in this joint. It, 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 could, easily, it could easily happen. <sighs> so, right. yeah, I, I think the Eternals is helping to set something up that further down the road, as we deal with what's happening with Kang, within three years. That okay, so is that your worst Marvel movie of the whole thing? Is that the worst one, or...? What, what, yes. What's the worst? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. It's it's. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad movie, mm-hmm. but I think it's the most boring of all of them. <sighs> Definitely. And pointless. And pointless. And and you mentioned you mentioned Blade and Blade. I didn't even know that was a Marvel movie. You know what I'm saying? At the time I'm watching that. Sure. All those blades. I just thought it was it was very interesting. You know. So, right. Um, well, at the time when they did the first Blade, Marvel was so gun shy. Because comic book movies didn't work. Technically, technically for Marvel, Blade is their first like actual theater movie that was successful. They didn't actually put the Marvel name on Blade until it dropped on DVD. Damn. I didn't know that. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't on there originally. But I mean, I knew it was a comic book movie, but they didn't, there was no Marvel Studios at the time. It was pre- the Disney purchase, it just, you know, so. Mm. Mm. The fact that they're revisiting that, and again, the idea of going a little darker and bringing in Deadpool. I, I, I think there's a chance Deadpool shows up in in, in this movie. <laughs> I'm almost positive yeah, Deadpool so shows up in, in Multiverse of Madness. Like, where else do you introduce him? Yeah. Just make it confusing. Right, where is it? Right. It's... it's like 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 uh gage said like this it's going to confuse a lot of people because that part where they're like jumping through the what's what's the place where they're all falling apart into the 3d pieces like, oh yeah 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 it looks like they're in the savage land this oh my god oh okay well x-men <laughs> reference and that's an x-men yeah. reference right there like, <laughs> yeah. yeah it makes no sense um but look, Gage, man, thank you, thank you for uh, joining us tonight, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm sure awesome. Infinite has like a hundred questions for you in overtime. If you want to, yeah, stay it's all good. I'm down. If we could just get, it's all good, man. It's my pleasure, man. Anytime, anytime y'all want to do this, man, y'all can chop it up. We we had to flip the script, man, and have y'all have y'all jump on our show and just kind of hang out with us, man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, yeah. And, and where, uh, after- where can the people find you? I'll go ahead. No, oh, um, man. after 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 uh, this one, after we watch Multiverse Madness, we got to come back. We definitely got. Oh yeah, no back. doubt. Yeah, I'm down hundred percent. I'm down hundred percent. Um, yeah, man, it's easy to find me, man. I'm 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 at Empty Shell across social media. So the letter M, the letter T, S H E L L Z. Um, and then for everything else that I do, I, I got a, I got a new podcast I just put together. It's called Good Conversation and Shenanigans. So that's okay. that's bi weekly. 
Um, that's a little joint. That's it's not really geek related. It's just one of those things, man. Where like I'm inviting a rotating bunch of guests on, and everybody brings a topic to the table. We we can no topic is off the table. We'll discuss anything anybody wants to talk about. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's sex, race, religion, politics. It could be comic books. Like I don't care. How many? Um, how many? Have you done the episode yet? Just one. Just one so far. The first episode dropped earlier this week. So that's okay. good conversation and shenanigans. That's kind of my own my own offshoot. Outside of that, me and the Lotus Nash crew were everywhere. You'll see us at almost any convention that's that's local. Um, and again, just follow Loading Snacks, just like it sounds. Um, if you if you Google it, it'll pop up. We on YouTube, we on Twitch, we on Facebook, we on Instagram. Um, you know, we got a beacons link. We 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 doing some of everything there. So hit us up, follow us there. Wow. All right, man. Thanks, Gage. Infinite, you got anything else? Man, just uh, yeah. Once again, it's a pleasure. You know, gotta give you your flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate you know, that. Yeah. Legend. You know, we should, we should, we should, You know, I told me and Joe been having these talks over the last, you know, year or so. But you know, we all, uh, your group, E Nation, and us as menaces. You know, we should all pack our bags in '99 and went up to New York. You know, we were all been world <laughs> 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 star rappers out there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we should have, we, uh, we should have got out of here, man. We should have got yeah, out of here. And, uh, but uh. But yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on this joint, dog. For sure. We appreciate for sure, it, man. man. This has been Logic Over Everything. It's over. And it's been everything. See you next time.